Welcome to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, a podcast about geek culture by lawyers with your hosts, Ben Siders and Kirk Damon. And welcome back to A Lawyer's Guide to the Galaxy, the podcast that asks interesting questions that don't have any answers with your host, Ben Siders, that's me. And the other guy is, as always, Kirk Damon. That's Kirk, as in the captain of the Enterprise. We are intellectual property lawyers and certified geeks practicing law in St. Louis, Missouri. You can find me, Ben, on Twitter at Benjamin Siders, and you can find Kirk at Kirk DMN. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at LGGPod and check out our awesome website, LGGPodcast.com. We're late getting new content out to you. We're sorry, but things are hard. We're having ongoing difficulties in coordinating schedules. I'm actually recording this alone in my office at home. Kirk has already pre-recorded some content yesterday. So this is a a new format for us, uh, but we want to uh, keep producing at least some kind of content. Kirk sent me a couple different segments that he's done, so we're going to roll those out. And and I've got to tell you how hard it was to resist the temptation to mystery science theater. Uh, (laughs) Kirk. Kirk segments. Kirk and I are both a little concerned that with us not being in the same room together to, to riff off of, it's going to be awkward, but we'll see. And without further ado, uh, here is Kirk. Okay. I think I am now taking over. That's uh, so what we've got discussing here. As we uh, mentioned at the intro, this is a whole new concept for us. We are each in recording alone. So I'm doing this sort of without Ben to feedback off of, which is kind of a unique thing to me. Um, I'm also ending up doing this outside currently. We'll see if that works. So definitely you may hear some birds in the background. Um, we'll see what else we hear. You know, children yelling, anything else. But anyway, um, figured that was probably one of the best ways to actually find something that was reasonably quiet, surprisingly. So anyway, uh, that's why I'm outside, but figured I would do just a little bit. The first thing I want to get talking about is actually something that's sort of related to our direct content. The uh, United States Patent and Trademark Office did just release an extension um, in conjunction with their interaction with the CARES Act. So if you remember rightly, in one of our prior episodes, we talked about the fact that the CARE Act, CARES Act granted the USPTO sort of some unprecedented powers. Uh, it granted them some powers they've never had before in the fact that they can actually alter what are effectively statutory deadlines. Uh, we mentioned, and this is so interesting uh, for me, sort of as a patent practitioner and just generally as a sort of person interested in patent law, of the fact that this kind of thing, the ability for them to make this kind of alteration has literally never existed before. And so it's one of those things where it's really interesting to contemplate the fact that they have this kind of power, that this kind of power was granted under uh, underneath the CARES Act. Uh, we talked about the fact that they did exercise it a little bit. And so what they originally came down and said is they said, hey, there are now some patent and trademarked office deadlines which are extendable. Um, and you can basically claim that, hey, you know, I need an extension. Uh, and just, you know, extensions and the way the, they work in the United States Patent and Trademark Office, are, they aren't really extensions. They're technically claims to a full window. So they're sort of backwards. Um, the the issue with it is is that they aren't so much extensions as they are claims to the fact that you're entitled to the full term with the payment of fees. So basically, all these extensions are taken retroactively. So just as a simple example, uh, an office action typically is a response due in three months. Now, the statutory deadline is actually six months. So what they do is the patent office says, well, if you pay within the first three or file within the first three, you don't notice any fees. But if you want to file and take the full six, then you have to pay us fees to use the fourth, fifth, or sixth. Now, the issue with it is, is those fees are paid retroactively. They're not paid um, up front. So if you end up needing to say, hey, I want to respond in the fifth month, you don't have to pay for two months at three months. You pay for two months when you file at the fifth month. So it's very helpful in the fact that sort of all this stuff is retroactive um, and it's a lot easier to deal with. One of the 
interesting things about that though is that it's it's always a bit weird when you think about hey I need an extension because saying I need to get an extension or I want to take a one month extension doesn't mean that you actually file anything to say you take an extension you just simply choose not to file in the deadline where it is and file later. So what the United States Patent and Trademark Office has now done as a backdrop underneath the CARES Act is they've said, hey, what we've got as a, as capability is now you can extend those deadlines in the event that it's, it's sort of due to uh, the COVID-19 virus or something like that. Now, this is what they said originally. That was part of the original excise of these powers. But what we've now seen from it in the probably the most important part of the stuff that just came down, the first thing was is they extended the window from May 1st to June 1st. Um, so now you can actually try to get all of these uh, extensions all the way up through June 1st. The other thing that they did in conjunction with it is they clarified what due to the COVID-19 means. There have been a lot of question about, you know, what exactly does that mean? It's, it's a real amorphous statement. You know, hey, can I say that, you know, I missed the deadline because of the fact that I was in the hospital, uh, because, you know, I was, uh, you know, was having respiratory issues and was diagnosed positive with COVID-19. That seemed to be clear, yes. But could you say, hey, you know, I need to file this, you know, patent or trademark uh, filing, and I have financial problems because my restaurant's shut down. But I need to, you know, do these kind of preservations. Is that because of COVID nineteen? Those are some of the questions. You kind of look at it. and You could say, hey, arguably anything is because of COVID nineteen. These are kind of law school questions, uh, like law school exam questions. You would get. What does it mean to say something's due to COVID nineteen? Well, the patent trademark has to clarify that, and they came back and said yes. Um, essentially, we meant it to be that broad. Um, that the when we said you know due to COVID nineteen, if the answer is that you know you can't have a board meeting to make a decision because you can't get everybody together in a virtual setting or, you know, your, your, uh, in terms of incorporation don't allow it. Yeah, that's, that's due to COVID-19. Uh, if the answer is, is that, you know, you're shut down and you have no stream of income and you have no finances. Yeah, that, that's basically due to COVID-19 too. Now, obviously this is their sort of statement as to what it is. Um, the things with it, it's, it's a much broader statement. I think it's a very positive thing for them to have done this because it does now come out and say, Hey, we sort of acknowledge that there's a lot of different circumstances. There are a lot of things that could be caused uh, and could be due to COVID-19 and, that, and, and what it's doing. So definitely, um, I think it's positive. We'll see where it goes. But it's, it's again, interesting. And talking about it sort of purposes of this podcast and other things with it from an academic point of view, it's really interesting to see these unprecedented powers that have now been granted to the Patent and Trademark Office and quite frankly that they're now using um, to deal with this. And, and they even commented, and one of the things that they sort of said in conjunction with it is that the reason they're doing this is because they feel that people's IP rights have been prejudiced um, because of the fact that these things are happening. That people could potentially be hurting or harming their IP rights. The one thing to keep in mind about this, if you are contemplating filing, the one extension it definitely does not help with is filing in the first place. Um, there is no extension granted for the idea that, hey, I didn't file in time. Um, the first inventor to file rules are still in place. Um, international rules uh, under the PCT, the uh, Patent Cooperation Treaty, and other sort of um, PCT issues are still in place. Like all of these things still have issues. So it's one of those things where, you know, just because you have this availability, don't think about the fact that you can uh, just, you know, sort of freely say, hey, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to file anything. You definitely should be talking to your attorney in the event that you're, you know, working at these things. Talk to an attorney if you're looking to potentially file something new. If you have a COVID-related invention, uh, you've come up with something in your garage that may help fight the pandemic. You need to be talking to a patent attorney about how to protect this. It's not something you can look at and say, oh, because it's a pandemic, I don't need to worry about this yet. That's not true. Um, you need to be, you know, worrying about these things. And if you do have deadlines, you have concerns with that, you need to be paying attention 
to those deadlines too. So anyway, I wanted to give that as just a brief update. Um, I don't know if Ben has anything else he wants to talk about as sort of, you know, uh, more basic stuff, but I'll let him uh, jump in here and see if he has anything to talk about. Uh, if he wants to talk about something more fun, I know I have some more fun stuff and I'll be back shortly with that. All right, Kirk. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, one thing that, that Kirk mentioned that I wanted to emphasize is there's a difference between when you have to first file a patent application to establish your priority date. So when we talk about patents, uh, and really trademarks too, but this is usually a bigger deal with patents. To, to get a patent, the government's going to look at what you've told them you've invented, and they're going to ask themselves, is it new and is it obvious? But the question of whether something is new has with it an implied um, time frame, right? What's new now is not going to be new 10 years from now. So the date that they measure newness from is the date that you file the case. So if I file my application today and then in a week somebody else invents the same thing, mine is new but theirs is not. That date has not changed. So if, if you're an inventor and you've got something that you think might be worth protecting, talk to a lawyer and figure out how you can uh, protect you know whatever rights you may have to that invention. Those deadlines have not changed. As Kirk suggested, uh, we're gonna be looking at doing some more episodes, some shorter content. If you guys are like me, you've been staring at your phone even more than ever, and you're just tired of it. Uh, so I'm going to try to put together a list of interesting websites or resources or just things to help you pass the time uh, that may be interesting to our, our listeners or to your, your kids, your families, whatever. Uh, one in particular that I've been enjoying is uh, Patrick Stewart is on Twitter, and every day he reads a different Shakespearean sonnet. Now... I'm an English major, so I may have a unique interest in sonnets and Shakespeare here that is not widely shared by the population at large. That's fine. But uh, that, that one I also like because it's a case study in avoiding copyright infringement. If Patrick was to you know, read excerpts from something that is copyrighted, then he could get into trouble for publicly displaying or performing the copyrighted work. Uh, but since he's using Shakespeare, which, you know, was written before we had copyrights, um, that's not a problem. So uh, well done, Mr. Stewart, in uh, both entertaining us, uh, flexing a bit on your uh, Shakespearean stage accolades, and avoiding thorny intellectual property issues. We're hoping to do something also for Star Wars Day. Uh, May the 4th is coming up. And uh, we'll try and put something out, either Kirk or I or both. Somehow we'll, we'll do something for that. Of course we will. I'd also like to say that we just appreciate those of you who are tuning in to listen. Or those of you who are listening uh, or who are coming back to this later once uh, the quarantine is lifted and we're all back in your cars, uh, thank you. Thank you for checking out the back catalog and, and um, seeing what we were saying during the, the height of this thing. And, uh, and thank you all for just sticking with us on this. We hope everybody is doing okay and staying safe. We all look forward to getting back to whatever normal is going to look like after this. So that's all for today. We'll see you next time. Lauren, play us out. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Lewis Rice LLC, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. This podcast was produced and recorded in St. Louis, Missouri. 